Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years, and now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another live edition of Slice of Life right here on ESPN 1520, always available on radio.com as well. And if you miss the uh, portions of the show or want to hear the show again, uh, it's easy to do. It'll be available on podcast uh, immediately after the show at uh, radio.com. Just punch in Slice of Life and you'll be able to hear it. And I would recommend uh, listening to the show certainly live and i welcome your calls but uh, there's a lot of information that we'll be sharing today because this is a, a extremely timely topic we'll be talking in just a moment with don arthur don is a pharmacist and the owner of black rock pharmacy in the city and brighton eggert compounding pharmacy in tonawanda and you may have heard don on our sister station uh this week this past week on wben talking about the COVID testing that uh, he is overseeing at his pharmacy and at other locations in Tonawanda. So your calls are welcome at 716-803-1520. We'll talk about COVID immunizations. It's also flu season. There's a lot of talk about a twindemic. You may have heard that term, meaning that uh, not only are we dealing with the COVID virus, but also uh, the flu, flu season is upon us. And certainly, you know, the weather has been pretty raw and damp the last couple of days. Uh, it would be nice to uh, ensure that we stay as healthy as possible. And when you talk to the folks at Bright Eggert and BlackRock, their tagline is, your health is our priority. So it is a pleasure to talk to the man who oversees those two pharmacies, Don Arthur. Don, good morning and welcome to Slice of Life. Well, Brenda, good morning. Nice to be with you on the show this morning. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you've been a busy guy the last few days. I've seen you... Uh, in all sorts of media, and appreciate your time on the radio with us. Uh, tell us how the uh, the COVID testing came about for your pharmacy and the locations uh, at which people can uh, be tested. Okay, and back in uh, March, Governor Cuomo, in one of his Saturday uh, press conferences, he uh, where he you know he was coming out with the different executive orders. He uh, had asked community pharmacy, both uh, independent pharmacies and chain pharmacies, to begin COVID testing. That was back in March. In March, the state was seeing numbers of 10,000 positive cases per day. Uh, we started that process immediately. It's, COVID testing is called point-of-care testing. We, as uh, organized pharmacy, we've been in Albany every year the last 10 years as we've been there for immunizations, which we'll talk about shortly. Uh, but we've been asking our, our government uh, to allow independent and chain community pharmacies the ability to do point-of-care testing. Point-of-care testing was for the, the annual flu shots for strep, uh, diabetes testing, cholesterol screening. We just felt that uh, for patients throughout West New York and other communities, that pharmacies are the most accessible. You know, there are hours where a lot of us are open nine to nine, seven days a week. So we had been working behind the scenes for 10 years, and we had gotten close every year, but we just couldn't get over the top. And there we were on a Saturday in March, you know, in this COVID pandemic era, and the governor was basically telling us to test. So we began the process, but uh, being asked and told to do something, it always isn't that easy, especially in healthcare. And we began the process of getting registered, licensed, and accredited. And the process took about six months. I think what happened when, when he asked, we were seeing 10,000 positive cases 
a day throughout New York State, 500 cases in, in Buffalo. But if you remember, um, when we got to May, we dropped down uh, for several months, May, June, July, August. The New York State figures were down to 500 positive cases a day in western New York, down to 50. So I, I think the, the community, the healthcare community and the community at large was hoping that uh, we had put this behind them, behind us. But unfortunately, right. that wasn't the case. And here we are today. And we're right back where we were in March. We're approaching 10,000 positive cases in the state and 500 cases here in western New York. So I, I think we kept going. You know, we, we believed long-term point-of-care testing belonged in pharmacies. So even when um, the pandemic started to slow down, we continued the process. We received all of our certifications, waivers, licenses, and accreditations. And we were ready to go just in case. And then um, we saw this starting to grow. Uh, we looked in September, October at how we could acquire the different rapid antigen tests that were on the market. That took us about a month to, to develop a relationship with the manufacturer. And here we are today. Yesterday, we tested 700 people. Unbelievable numbers, Don. Uh, now, you can't accommodate all of those folks at your pharmacies uh, locally. So you, you do some at the pharmacies, if I'm correct, and then you also have some off-site locations. Is that right? Yes, we started two weeks ago. Uh, we were testing at uh, the Brightnegger Pharmacy location in Tonawanda. We made the decision, pharmacists throughout New York have been asked to do this, pharmacies in, in New York City, and their footprint is challenging. Don't know how they're going to accomplish that. You have tiny drugstores that are 1,000 square feet, uh, and busy Manhattan streets, uh, lack of parking. We made the decision that we were not going to do this inside the pharmacies. I know at Urgent Cares, so they, they're very professional. They do an excellent job of COVID testing. Um, and they're not really set up. Their footprint uh, doesn't really allow them to create a drive-through. We were fortunate enough here at the Bright Negard store. We had a, a neighbor, uh, Dr. Freiberger, who owned the Kenton Veterinary Clinic next door. And he gave us, uh, immediately, he gave us access to his parking lot. And, you know, I talked with my staff. We see 300 to 400 people a day uh, pre-COVID. And, you know, our patients are from the community. Some have acute illness, some chronic illness. And we, we just felt it was not in our best interest in our communities to do the testing inside our building because, unfortunately, we knew at the end of the day we were going to have positives and we were going to come in contact with people who were uh, COVID-carrying people. We just didn't want them in the pharmacy, so we had to create a drive-through. Uh, if we did not have access to Dr. Freiberger's property, his parking lot, we would not have been able to accomplish that. So we launched it, and we began with 100 tests a day, and we just kept ramping up our infrastructure. We've added 30 employees in the last 10 days. Um, we've automated some of our processes, and we've just gotten better at it. So we got up to 500 tests a day, but we still couldn't meet the daily demand. Uh, we created quite a bit of a, a traffic nightmare here at the intersection of Brighton and Edgar. <laughs> I bet the Tonawanda were, police were real happy with you, Don. Yeah, they um, <laughs> they came out several times, and, and, you know, it's been hectic, and I've tried to be patient, but, you know, I, I keep having to remind people, you know, we're not out there selling fried dough in a tent. Right. You know, we're COVID testing for the community, and, and there's an important reason to do that. So everyone's been quite patient. But uh, Supervisor Joe Eminger, he, um, he popped in last week, and he said, Don, I, I think we've got a better spot for you. I mean, he was sensitive, obviously, to the situation at Brighton Agra, the demand, the traffic, um, and obviously the need for community testing. So 
he provided us a location over at 1200 Parker Boulevard. It's the it's the DSK Pavilion, the Donald mm-hmm. F. Kunzelman Pavilion at the Lincoln Pool. We moved over there yesterday, and we were able to test over 700 people, and it went extremely smoothly in a drive-through well, operation. And and I know Joe Eminger has fought the virus twice very publicly, uh, Don. So I imagine he certainly has a, a sensitivity to folks who are concerned about contracting the virus. And it's so refreshing uh, to hear how you are offering this amazing community service to people and that you've been, been able to work collaboratively with um, the government, you know, the town of Tonawanda supervisor, with a fellow business owner and Dr. Pete Freiberger. Uh, it's really, you know, the old saying, it takes a village. It seems like that truly is the case here. Yeah, you know, it's been a terrible year. You know, we um, we were on the radio a lot in the beginning. Cause remember in the beginning, uh, Purell, no one could get their hands on hand sanitizer. Yes. And, you know, that created a panic. And the FDA came out and they had asked, you know, pharmacies with a custom compounding lab. They provided a very specific formula and said, can you do this? And we did. And we were you know, producing it in hundreds of gallons a week. And, um, you know, the community, I, I think we provided a service to the community. And now here we are at, at testing. But, yeah, I've um, I've learned a lot this year. You know, uh, we've seen 90%. We've had some amazing experiences, you know, with our patients, our neighbors, our customers, uh, our government. Uh, and we've had some really bad situations that have popped up. But, you know, I have to say local government, I, I feel... This challenge, if you think about it, 12 months ago, um, governments didn't have to deal with this. This was not an issue. H1N1 was nothing like this. You know, you right. heard the media talk about it, um, the Spanish flu, 1918. So it's been a horrific year. And we thought, you know, in the beginning, hopefully this would behave like all viruses. It would go dormant. But unfortunately, you know, this one's a bit of a beast and it has not done that. But the support we've had, you know, obviously the town of Tonawan has been incredible. We would not, um, I don't I don't think it was sustainable here. Um, and the ability to move the facility over there, I, I think is going to allow us to, to provide this service for the community as long as the community needs it. Uh, the county has been great. You know, I've had discussions with them about our mm-hmm. testing capabilities versus theirs. And, uh, you know, it's really shown me the challenge, just the contact tracing demands put on them as this thing ramps up. You know, when you're doing 50 contact tracings for six months in a row in western New York and all of a sudden we go to 500, that's an extremely big challenge because uh, the phone calls are lengthy. We did 700 tests today. I had uh, half a dozen phone calls that were over 15 minutes in length from people who were tested that had several questions. And that's been the challenge for me. If you multiply 700 times 15 minutes, um, that goes into the weeks. But people are concerned and they have questions. They come through, they have a positive test result, and they have questions, they have a negative test result, they have questions. Of course. And Don, you raise a good point too about not wanting to have people uh, who are being tested in the pharmacy itself. Because after all, you are you know a busy pharmacy in general. And uh, Bright Eggert, you have compounding pharmacy. So people are in there for their regular pharmacy needs. It's not as if everything else stops. Uh, so I think, you know, doing it outdoors, as difficult as it may be in December in Buffalo, is, uh, is really a smart and logical thing to do. How have you been able to cope with the weather changes, though, with your staff? And, you know, people drive in, so at least they're in their car. But what about your staff? 
Well, yeah, drive through, <laughs> drive through anything in the months of December, January, February, just, just are horrific in Western New York. So, you know, again, you know, every day, my new favorite word is pivot. Every day we pivot to <laughs> something slight, slightly different. And I watched my staff and, and these are, you know, I'm extremely fortunate and I, and I forget to, to mention, you know, how this absolutely would not be possible if it wasn't for the people that I work with. You know, we're, we've been here since 1968. I'd love to tell the story of Dottie at the front register. We hired her in April of 68. She had a, a blonde bouffant hairstyle that was about <laughs> a foot high. Well, she's still with us. And that hairstyle is exactly the same. She's been at that front counter for 52 years. Now, I've met Dottie, Don. She is a memorable character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, in March, her adult children pulled the plug, and they were absolutely correct in doing that. She she wanted to keep coming to work, and we had to put her on the sidelines because, you know, she just can't be interacting with 300 to 400 people in the community daily because of her age. So uh, I miss her. She hasn't been here for quite some time. But, you know, we don't do this. Um, if, if I wasn't, if I didn't have the staff, the young pharmacists, the young pharmacy students that have been exceptional, the pharmacy technicians, the cashiers, it's, it's a full team effort. And um, without them, there's no way I would have been able to even do this at 100 tests a day, let alone 700 tests a day. But the weather, so we, we set up as a drive through and we had cars lining up four lines. We were doing a test a minute. And uh, we were going to the car, our staff, you've seen staff doing this, you know, they were fully garbed in, in personal protection equipment. I don't have a single staff member who's been doing this that has skin left on the bridge of their nose. I feel terrible because they're wearing surgical masks and 95 masks and then face shields and the pressure of that N95, we've got to find a way to keep the skin on the bridge of their nose but because um, it's only been two weeks. But I watched the first few days, and we caught some really bad weather, and I saw my staff. They don't, they don't take a break. Um, it, it's too busy. Um, they, we're having difficulty finding time for them to just have a half an hour to themselves because, you know, you're in that PPE, and it's a process to get in and out of it. So they, they'd rather sure. not have to – they'd rather have not to start over again. But when that rain was sideways rain at 45 degrees, their glasses were fogged over, their face shields were fogged over. So, you know, I said, we have to, we have to do better. We have to come up with an environment that covers the testing area. So when, when Joe, uh, when Supervisor Eminger provided that property over at uh, uh, Parker Boulevard, um, we reached out to 10 companies and Jason over main, at main event tents, I think he's out of Hamburg, he came over immediately. And I'm sure his business has been challenging because, you know, tents are, are large gatherings, weddings. So it's probably been a, a very, very difficult year for him. And he brought his staff. And we came up with uh, a really um, car-friendly drive-through so with tents. So now we have access to the town's pavilion. We've tented from the pavilion to the parking lot. And now we run single-file cars through 60 foot of uh, 20 by 40 tents. And my staff can now work outside for eight to ten hours um, with uh, cover, and we've provided some torpedo heating. So we can do this now, uh, and I can protect my staff, and we can get good, safe, viable samples. We're, we're not, because we do the nasal swab at the car, and now we can take a good, safe, viable sample, and we have cover. We can get that into our facility where we analyze it in 15 minutes and can provide people with results rapidly. 
unbelievable operation that you've developed in this type of uh, environment and in such short notice, Don. Uh, I want to talk to you about how can people get tested? What's the process for them? But we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with Don Arthur. Don is the owner of Black Rock Pharmacy in Buffalo and Bright Nagar Compounding Pharmacy in the town of Tonawanda. We'll be back right here on Slice of Life in just a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Slice of Life. Now back to your hostess with the mostess, Brenda Alacy. And thank you for joining us. Don Arthur is our guest this week. Uh, it's uh, He's an extremely busy gentleman, and I really appreciate, Don, that you're taking the time to do this. And before the break, we talked about the process of getting tested. So let's say somebody's listening to us and they're thinking, I really need to go through this drive through and it sounds like I'll be, you know, not uh, sitting in my car for hours to get the test done. You said it's a test a minute. What's the process? Do they have to make an appointment, or do you just, do you just show up? Yeah, Brenda, before I get to that, I, uh, Dr. Ken Monroe, he's my chiropractor. Love his yes. commercials. Yeah. I love his commercials. I'm listening to it while I was on hold, and I, I love his voice. You, <laughs> anyway. you can't go wrong, especially when he talks about traction, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's funny. You know, he's a big guy. He was an Olympic swimmer, and he, he climbs right up on top of you. It's, it's, he's, he's a funny guy. Okay, <laughs> the testing, um, yeah, we, we hope by next week, you know, people can actually – it's not, it's not drive-up. It's not walk-up at this point, but we're close. We're, as we ramp up, we think, you know, because it's rapid testing, 15-minute results, by definition, people are anxious. And for the most part, they'd like to know in 15 minutes. So if anyone calls to the Bright Negger Pharmacy, it's 835-6778. We'll get them tested. Uh, we'll get them tested in less than 24 hours. Uh, three, four days ago, uh, due to our output and our demand, uh, unfortunately, we're booking out two days. But we're at the point now where um, we can either uh, ask them to come right over the facility over on Parker Boulevard, or we can get them in that same day. So we're getting better and better. We hope to possibly in a week, if the, if the community still needs this and the demand is high, yet when people call to uh, give them instructions on what they need to have with them and what they need to do, uh, so that they can come right to the facility and get tested. That's that's our plan. We have quite a few people who actually, you know, our calendar right now is open to January 1st, 2021, our scheduling calendar. We're going to expand it through the month of January in a couple of days. But a lot of people, you know, want to want to have to be tested on a particular date due to uh, work situation and, in most cases, travel situation. So we're booking people uh, a lot of uh, appointments right around the holidays so they can come in. It's a 15-minute rapid test, uh, and they can get the results quickly. The number 835-6778. And, Dan, what is the fee for the test? Well, when, in talking to the County of Erie, you know, when I watched this uh, over the last um, nine months, and, you know, we, we've been here for 50 years, and we have uh, provider relationships with every insurance company, Blue Cross, Independent Health, Univera, et cetera. And, uh, I, I feel for the insurance companies because you know, early on the government, you know, uh, on a federal level would say um, we do not want the citizens of, of the United States to, to have any out-of-pocket costs related to COVID. And I, I believe in that. I think that's where we should be. But it, it's come so quickly. And, you know, we have to have we have to have some rules. We have to figure this out. So uh, insurance companies are trying to do that. Are we going to pay every single time someone wants to get a test? Are we going to pay just for those who have symptoms? How do we determine who has symptoms and who doesn't? Are we going to pay for those who came in uh, contact with someone who is positive? So the insurance aspect is very challenging. Where are we? 
Uh, I tell people, listen, currently a COVID uh, rapid test is anywhere from zero, free, to $225 at some merchant care locations. We, we, we thought long and hard about it. We decided to charge $65. We looked at the cost of, uh, of uh, obtaining the test kits and, and what the process was. And there's a lot of back office. We have, we have 24 hours. Uh, we took 700 tests yesterday. The state reporting uh, has quite a few data points. And we, we have to report to a system called Eclairs. It's the state. It's where you're getting all of your numbers. It's where you see these daily numbers. We're part of that process. And we have to get in all those results um, within 24 hours for 700 people. And it's just not a name and positive or negative. It's, you know, there's a lot of data there. There's a lot. It's about the individual. It's where do they work? What is their address? What is their phone number for contact tracing if possible? What Caucasian? You know, the government wants a lot of information. So it's a, it's a big process to get that done. Can I quickly talk about uh, some of the results? You know, what's oh, happening please do. We have screen? about three minutes. We, we have about three minutes left in the show, Dan. Go right ahead. Okay. Well, we need about three more hours because I want to I talk know. about I know. I wish I vaccine. had that kind of time. <laughs> we'll get, well, call me back sometime because the vaccine uh, is, there's going to be so many questions related to this COVID vaccine. And I am, I am such, whether it's flu vaccine or shingles vaccine or COVID vaccine, I am such a supporter of vaccinations. You got to hear my opinions, but quickly that yes. our experience, we've been doing this for two weeks and, and I'm concerned because our baseline, the number of positive tests in our sample size, which has grown to 700 a day has been averaging six to 8% positive tests. Um, that's concerning. That's way too high. We've seen a spike of up to 11% post Thanksgiving and we're really not in that post Thanksgiving peak. Remember if you have a positive, uh, if you come in contact with someone 100% who's tested positive and you've uh, contracted that virus from that person, you're, you're not going to have a significant viral load. That virus isn't going to incubate or grow in your system enough to be detected by any, any test for probably five to seven days. So for those people who think there's lots of reasons to get tested, but if you, if you want to be tested because you came in someone who was positively tested, you have to do a little bit of work and a little bit of thinking because you want to be tested on that fifth, sixth, or seventh day. You don't want to be tested on that next day. You may have the virus, but if the viral load, the amount of virus in your system, it hasn't incubated or grown enough to be detected by these tests. Makes so, perfect sense, Don. It's a, and I'm so glad you brought that point up. So if I can, I can just say, you know, here we go. Christmas is next, and I think as a community, um, I'm a huge supporter of wearing masks. I, I'm tired. I'm frustrated. You know, I want to go out. I feel terrible for the restaurant industry, the entertainment industry, those industries impacted by this. But, you know, we've got three weeks until Christmas, three weeks. The entire COVID infection is a, can run its course in two weeks. If we, uh, I mean, a pause isn't appropriate. We, we can't pause. Um, but right. if we can just be careful. And I know I'm running out of time, but I just want to, Elwood Franklin, we, we tested Elwood Franklin last week, um, earlier in the week, and we tested 325 students, faculty, and employees, 325. And we had two positive test results out of 325. That's less than 1%. It's a reasonable sample size. So what does that tell us? It tells us a community that's extremely responsible, the community yes. of Elwood Franklin, not just the school, but the parents and the families. You know, there's, we can do this. John, I always, I always say I'd rather wear a mask than a ventilator, and I'm totally with you. Wear a mask. You know, 
Unfortunately, we are out of time, but I would love to invite you back on the show uh, in the next few weeks just to update us on what's happening. Thank you, Don, so very much for your time this morning. Thank you, Brenda. Have a nice day. That'll put a wrap on this edition of Slice of Life. Thanks for carving out some time with us, and my thanks to Jim Stellianu for all his help back at the station. We'll see you next week live at 9 on Slice of Life. Thanks for listening. Brenda will be back next Slice of Life on ESPN 1520.